you are listening to episode 78 of the Game Deflators podcast. It's probably week four or five of social distancing, but here's Ryan. Hey, everybody. Here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we're pretty sure everybody already knows about Doki Doki Panic in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. That's right, folks. We are playing Mario 2, and uh, yes, we do know that this uh, is pretty much Doki Doki uh, Panic. Super Mario Bros. 2? I'm sorry, Ryan. I didn't mean to offend. It is 2020. I should have a new vision here. This is some people's favorite Mario game, John. Don't I, disappoint them. You know what? I can. They're disappointing me by having this as their favorite Mario game. So, uh, wow, that's going to stir up some uh, some crap right if there. If you want to fight with John online, you could do that at the Game Deflators on Instagram or Facebook or uh, Twitter. But it's just Game Deflators. They against the over yeah let's have a let's have a tweet war about how mario 2 is the best super mario 2 i'm sorry ryan super mario bros 2 gosh john show respect is it is do you consider peach a bro though because she's in the game too and you can play she's a total bro she's always hanging out with the dudes uh yeah and always getting captured by bowser except this time it's a really and then hanging out with his dudes I don't want to know what they're doing. All right, man. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. Pickups, as always. Uh, I'll go ahead and start because I had a lot of pickups this week, randomly enough. So and all brand new stuff, uh, mind you. So I got uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts on the Nintendo Switch. Impulse by uh, I am 8-bit. Actually, you know what? I think it was uh, Game Grinder again, dude. Like he just posted uh, some images on some pickups and I went on Best Buy and noticed, oh, look. 8-bit games are on here. Let me go ahead and just pick up another copy of something that I don't need. So, so I got Sayonara. Oh, go on. This is interesting because Sayonara Wild Hearts, and I've seen other games and we've never really talked about it, but back in uh, our earliest big episode that had the most downloads, thanks to anybody who remembers the Vectrix arcade system versus the Apple arcade episode we did a while back. Uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts was not one of the games we covered in that, but it was one of the launch titles for Apple Arcade, and it was a big draw, but it has since been ported to other things, so there's I don't know that I remember ever saying that things would be exclusive to that, or maybe just for a limited time, but it seems like, you know, that's pretty much the case. Yeah, it seems like a pretty cool game, man. Like, I've seen some trailers on it, really liked what I saw, and I don't have any rhythm games on the Switch, so figured why not? And it's something you can just kind of pick up and play, right? So that was uh, really the main reason for that purchase. You could have bought uh, the- Boys, which was from another early episode of our podcast. Shout that out was to actually you that our, one. That was actually our first podcast episode, and I think it is called Lost Episode 1. So, uh, yeah, definitely check that one out. And, uh, of course, it's time to plug in, right? So catch our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere podcasts are found, Podcast Addict uh, being one of the key ones as well. And uh, check us out on there. Leave five-star reviews, six if you can, and we would really appreciate a listen. So uh, next thing I picked up, dude, Streets of Rage 4 Collector's Edition on Limited Run Games for PS4. I just saw Jim Sterling cover this game this week yes so it's got mixed reviews from what i've heard there's some people like wow this is amazing i've been waiting so long for this and other people saying well it was kind of underwhelming you know what at the end of the day this collector's edition that i bought 
literally sold out in five minutes and I got two of them. So I'm excited about it. And it's limited to a thousand apparently. And it has a seven inch statue that comes with it. I thought that was a pretty cool no brainer. So I picked those up and uh, this one was interesting too. So game grinder again, one sad and making me buy stuff when I don't need to. So he recently posted uh, a picture of a couple games or three games that he had purchased through Best Buy's recent sale. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, it's been a while since I checked out Best Buy. So actually, uh, if you're listening and you don't know this and you're in the U.S., I don't know if Best Buy is overseas. Uh, basically, every Sunday, Best Buy has a list. So if you just type in like Best Buy video games deals on Google, it'll come up with like a 24 page uh, setup that pretty much shows every single game they have on sale for the week. It's it's harder to find it through the actual sites, easier to find it through here, but there's always great deals on there. So one of them was Death Stranding Collector's Edition for 99 bucks. Now it was sold out, but John here knows that when things are sold out on Best Buy and there's a price point on it, Amazon is typically right on it, price matching. So I picked it up for $99, brand new uh, Death Stranding Collector's Edition on PS4. So I thought that was a, a great pickup. Uh, considering I've been wanting to play Death Stranding for a while, and now I have a briefcase of a baby in it. So uh, it's going to be pretty We still cool. have not finished Death Stranding. Oh, really? Did, do you guys like Amazon Prime Stranding or or no? What? Amazon Prime Stranding. You're delivering packages. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's it's a pretty cool game. But, I mean, Bree was mostly playing it. I was mostly watching and then doing the parts she thought were too scary. Yeah. But uh, I I didn't find it super compelling. Like, I would not have probably ever finished that game on my own. Yeah, it seems like one that you really have to kind of be into that style of gameplay and that type of story. So it really is right up my alley, and I had been waiting for it for quite a while. So I think we had like several episodes where we talked about rumors on it, as a matter of fact. So I'm pretty stoked about it. Once it gets in, I'll... You know, it'll be a while till I crack it open. It was mainly on the fact that, hey, I'd seen this collector's edition for a while. I kind of wanted to pick it up back when it was like 200. And it's like, eh, you know, it's a little too much. 99 bucks. Come on. Like, I think it's going to be one of those games that's going to have a resurgence down the road. Like, I think yeah, it's going to go think... down as like a cult game and like people are going to love it more and more over time. Exactly. I mean, when you look at something like The Last of Us, right, when it first came out, it didn't catch on right away. And they have like this crazy collector's edition that now goes for a boatload of money. And I'm not saying that's the reason I bought this, right? The reason I bought this is because I wanted to play it. And well, that's the first thing you said was you wanted to play it. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, but, you know, I, I mentioned boatload of money. And people assume that, oh, he's trying to hold out. No, I mean, I'm going to crack this baby open hey, and literally have a baby on display. No, nobody's <laughs> hiding the fact that John wheels and deals. That's what this show's all about. This is a this is a, a look at a collector. And well, also, I mean, you know, we we give you, uh, you know, anybody who's new to the podcast, the inflation deflation challenge is when we pick a game that John has and uh, we play it for a little bit and we decide if we think that it's worth the price that it's going for. Dude, have you seen the retro prices as of late? Uh, no, I don't really follow them like you do, John. Oh my God, dude. I like, check out one a week, maybe oh, two or three. Dude, like Xeno gears. Okay. That's just one to give you an idea on. Oh, just I know like, that that's like, that's like 80 bucks the last time I looked at it. 
I just sold one for 90 to somebody. Like, yeah. what? It's ridiculous, man. Like, Mario games right now are, like, Mario 64 is going for, like, $65. It was just, like, 25 last year. Like, dude, this coronavirus thing has people going crazy on game prices. It's, oh, yeah. I mean, people are locked in, and, you know, they've got nothing but time to play games. So people might be just getting into collecting, might not realize that those aren't you know, whatever price you buy it for is what you're saying it's worth to you. But if you go online and check out, like we get most of our information from price charting, all of the prices on there, they have a whole compendium and we'll get into it later when we get into that. Let's, let's keep going, John. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll keep going, but yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Your pickups now I've got too many and too many games sitting on my floor. It's your time to talk about your pickup. And I know you got one this week. Okay. So Last week, I said that I was probably just going to cancel Gamefly. And then I noticed that Final Fantasy VII Remake moved its ship date up from the 30th to the 28th. And I was like, oh, that's like two days from now. It shipped out on the 28th, got it on uh, Friday, and we've sat down to play it a couple times since then. We haven't really gotten very far because we've been very tired and going to bed early. <laughs> because we've been yeah. working a lot and waking up early and stuff. So uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, it's pretty awesome so far. So you actually are enjoying it? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I've watched tons of videos on this, like a bunch of different people's reactions, and I've definitely gotten all the spoiler stuff dumped on me because there was just... And we'll talk about this a little bit more later in one of our articles too, but I... I no, just took too all much of, for yeah, me. I just took all of it in stride and uh playing the game is super fun. It's oh they make it feel so alive. Like there's this one part where you open the door from your apartment, you look out on the city, and it looks like a photograph of a real place. Like it looks so real. I mean, as soon as you step outside, it kind of like okay, that's not really what it looks like. But just that first kind of shot, it's kind of like reminded me of the first time coming out of the vault. If you weren't wearing the sunglasses and you have to like shield your eyes from the light for a moment, like it was kind of that same kind of moment. And I was just like, whoa. And the game is absolutely out. gorgeous. And the combat is super fun. Well, I mean, I played the demo with you and I did enjoy that. But, you know, I've kind of voiced my opinion on the remake uh, I really don't want to play this thing until it's all out. And if that's 10 years from now, so be it. Well, and the the rumor now is that they're going to try to make the sequels in smaller chunks so that they can be released more frequently, which I would be, I don't know, like it almost seems like a better deal to me to get like a 20 hour game every other year for the next three years and they're only 30 bucks than waiting four years in between games and paying 60. Well, yeah, I agree with you on that. And I think that'd be a, an awesome and option. Plus if more was... discs makes for ultimately a bigger, cooler collector's edition. For sure. And that's why at this point, I am going to wait 100% just wait until this thing is fully done. Like, I mean, I w look, I waited for Kingdom Hearts 
and I still haven't beat it yet. I waited for Final Fantasy 15 and I, I beat that what last year, yeah, so, or the year before. So yeah, I could totally wait for Final Fantasy 7 remake to fully flesh out and come out in its full entirety or in its entirety. Yeah, versus, you're you're sitting on yeah. thousands of games already. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not hurting for a new video game right now, and there's so many RPGs like. You know, we'll we'll get into our currently playing in a minute, but there's so many RPGs that I own. I don't need to to play Final Fantasy VII Remake anytime soon, and yeah. it'll be on PS5, so I can wait for it to be on PS5 and upgraded in graphics and everything else. Right. So, so uh, safe to say that's what you're playing. But what else are you playing before we jump into mine? So I beat Symphony of the Night. That was a fun little diversion. It really made me feel like my investment, my $20 investment and my $40 in aftermarket add-ons to my PlayStation Classic was totally worth every penny. Uh, We talked last week about how it totally puts them to shame. And for $100, they should have come out with the coolest thing anybody would ever seen. So... That's kind of in the past for me. I did try to tinker with a little bit more emulation stuff this week. I tried to see about getting it on my iPad because I was like, the iPad is like a beautiful, large screen, like getting something running on there. But I guess it's been a long time since I was jailbreaking stuff. Like I used to jailbreak my iPhone one and three to emulate like Final Fantasy seven and just push it as hard as I could. Like I was into it back in the day, but it's been a long time. And apparently now it's very difficult to get them up and running and keep them running because of the way Apple monitors all the apps. So they'll like pull licenses from stuff and their services that you're supposed to be able to pay for that make it more accessible. But I guess they're not really worth it because it doesn't really help. So I was like, I'm going to avoid that altogether because all I want to do is play paper mario without having to pull my wii out like i have it on my wii and i have thousand year door and those are like some of the few nintendo games for console that i actually own still because i used to trade everything in so i just want to play paper mario so i got it up and running on my phone in like less time than it took to do all of the research to find out that it wasn't worth my time to try to do it on the iPad. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That was kind of like, eh, but it's, it's okay. Like I just pull it out for a diversion every once in a while because it's easier to have your phone out than like the Vita or the switch. So I could just do a little bit of that and play it over time. I love paper Mario. I just had like this nostalgic hankering to play through it again. I've been playing Animal Crossing. I've really come super far on my island. My island looks awesome. Uh, I started terraforming stuff. Like, I had this little park set up, and I was going to put just, like, a couple of all the different fruit trees in that park and some flowers, and it was, like, a cute little park. But I was like, oh, my God, I have such a better idea. Once I got, like, all the terraforming stuff, I made a miniature model of my island and the hills and the rivers and the waterfalls and stuff in the park. And then I put (laughs) one of the tree in each of the areas where I planted like a little grove of that type of tree. Like I don't have like any little models to represent the buildings, but I know those have been in older animal crossings. 
So I'm hoping eventually I'll get like a little museum that I can put down where the museum is and stuff like that. So I put like an hour, maybe an hour and a half into Animal Crossing every day. And every few days, I still might put like three hours in. Like if I get like, if I get an idea, I have lots of areas that I can still develop and I can still do a whole bunch of stuff to really make my island pop. So I've, I'm going to take it long term. And I think that's great. They just had the May Day event this week, which was so fun. You get a ticket, you get to go to this island, and it's a maze puzzle. Like, there's, you don't have anything on you. You can pick up certain items, like sticks and rocks and stuff on the ground. And I think it starts you off with one shovel and one axe. And then you have to kind of puzzle your way through the island, use the crafting materials to make like like it drops uh diy cards for making shovel and axe and there's fruit around and you have to solve this puzzle by like okay i need to eat this fruit to break this rock and then i can just chop this tree sit on the stump turn around get over like it was a really really fun thing to do i got it on my first try and i felt super good about that um but the unfortunate thing is there's only one ticket. It's a seven-day event from May 1st to May 7th, and you can only do it once. Like, that seems dumb. Like, I would like to even do the same puzzle again and not get any other rewards for it. But, like, to have a whole week blocked off and only have this one island, like, I mean, it definitely was clever and fun, but, I mean the people who make Zelda make tons of these puzzles, you know, for their mm -hmm. games. And this is a much simpler type of puzzle. Like I would feel like you could at least make, I mean, more than one, like maybe not even one a day, maybe just like, uh, three every other day or something, you know, or one on the first day, one in the middle and one on the last day so that you have a few days to do each one but i don't know it it was really cool and i really liked it but i wish there was more and i'm waiting for seeing what else they're gonna do if they do a lot of those like if every other week there's like a new event thing that you can do once that might be enough to keep you coming back at least bi-weekly but if it's gonna be like one puzzle every couple of months that's not really going to be, you know. Yeah, that's that's not sustainable and it's not fun. Um, dude, to give you an idea, by the way, on the retro game pricing market right now. So Animal Crossing back in November of 2019 was running at 2666, which, by the way, was kind of high considering over the last several years it had been hovering around 16 bucks. Like I couldn't even get rid of a copy of Animal Crossing to save my life several years ago. Now... That game, complete in box with memory card, everything else is averaging $85.50 because of the combination of quarantine and, well, really, you know, social distancing and lockdowns. And, and Animal the Crossing new Animal release. Crossing being like sold out yeah. everywhere. Exactly. So people are like, I'm turning to eBay to buy this bad boy. $85. Like one just sold yesterday for $120 black label with... Um, you know, the memory card and stuff. The ones that have sold at like 71 and 70 have all been player's choice copies. This is ridiculous. 
Like, yeah, I remember my original Animal Crossing and being super excited for it and then just not really being into it. Like, this is definitely my favorite Animal Crossing, and I've definitely played so much more of it than any other Animal Crossing game, and I've only had three of them. Like, this is a landslide. Like, this might just be the only Animal Crossing that I ever need. Like, this may give me my fix. Like, I might not need to do... a. Uh, new horizons too but at the rate that they've come out like i know there's been a bunch of different animal crossings and i know that i haven't felt the need to even try most of them so yeah we'll see where it goes in the future i think they'll really support the hell out of this game the community online is huge like i'm always like looking up people's codes and stuff and seeing all the designs out there like it's such a great uh community and i get so many cool ideas online yeah it definitely feels like something that i i would probably want to jump into at some point but i think i'll stick with my 85 dollar animal crossing and, and maybe pop it into a my wii console at some point here soon and, and give it a shot dude i'm just shocked like that game collection i recently picked up can you imagine if i would have picked it up like you know, and there was no virus going on, like what the prices would be. There's no way I would have ever recouped my losses. Oh, whatever. Well, yeah, I guess. Okay. Uh, Let me get into what I'm playing, dude, because I actually progressed a great deal uh, this week in Arc the Lad 3. I've been nonstop. One one more thing before you start. I have not played any more Persona. (laughs) Oh, okay. So yeah, you haven't played any more Persona. What happened to Final Fantasy 12? And uh, you gave up on Sekido last I recall. Well, I'm saving um, Final Fantasy twelve for future stuff. Okay. We've talked about this. I just don't have True. the equipment yet. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Uh, all right. So, Arc for Lad 3. Uh, last I talked about this, we were in a power plant, and we were trying to figure out uh, what happens with... Um, this chief at a power plant and why people are trying to kill him. Right. So I progressed a good deal. I was in Gislam. Now I am in the city of Testa, the Academy, uh, which is the baddie in the game. These white coats that are pretty much trying to fix society or fix society uh, after the great disaster, which you can imagine is exactly what it is. A great disaster that completely destroyed the world of Arc Lad three. And they're trying to find anything they can to remake the world in their image for the most part so they go to the city of testa and they steal this water sphere that is basically the life-saving force of the entire city for their own purposes and it's starting to kick in that nostalgia feel so in the city of testa the leader is a guy named tosh who happens to also be a character in arc the lad one and arc the lad two and they have shades of arc the lad one and two referenced within the actual game so as you're talking to him, he's like, oh, yeah, there was this time that I went ahead and like went on this recon mission and blew up a train and everything uh, to defeat this empire. I'm like, holy crap, like it's been like 15 years since I played it. But I remember that. And Tosh was an absolute badass when I played like he was one of my top characters next to Elk in Arc the Lad 2. So I was super stoked to uh, to have him there. And then all of a sudden he's like, hey, the water sphere's stolen. I'm going to jump in your party and I'm going to help you out. So he's kind of like a a character you can use. You can't edit him or anything or do anything to his stats or, or his weaponry, but 
he is in the game and you're able to play with him. So that's a cool piece. Uh, flash forward back though. So the uh, I had a few different missions I had to complete. And one of the last ones I had to go back to the city of Gislam and it was a continuation of the power plant. So during the time that like when I got out of Gislam and went to Testa, I was like, okay, what happened to the power plant? Like, am I ever going to get a conclusion to this story? Like it was actually pretty interesting. And so you end up having to go back to the power plant. And I guess spoilers, if anybody's planning on playing anything that I haven't spoiled already, uh, you pretty much find out that the vice chief has been trying to kill off the chief of the power plant. And he was the one that initially murdered the other chief by doing a, um, he basically overrode some data within the power plant that put it to uh, overload uh, or go through a meltdown phase. And the previous chief protected the one that's currently you know, they're making attempts to assassinate him. Uh, and funny enough, the vice chief is using the daughters of the the previous chief that was killed. He's trying to basically, he tried to manipulate them into killing the other chief saying, oh, he killed your father and everything else. Work for me. When it was like the whole time, he, he was the one that killed him. So it was this crazy like revelation. And I'm just like sitting there like in awe. I'm like, this is actually really cool. Like a mini side story to go with this grand scheme of things it's just a lot of fun like i am absolutely loving this game and i really wish i made them like this still it sounds so, like it's it's really rewarding to see that through line of all of those games kind of stacked up on top of each other oh yeah 100 percent, dude like arc lad one was awesome like super short game so if it's a series you haven't played number one is maybe like six or seven hours i think 10 at most and that was a great game. Number two is like a 40 or 50 hour game. And in this one, I think is like 40 to 60 hours, if I'm correct, depending on how fast you obviously go through it. And the progression of these titles, I really wish I would have picked up three a long time ago now because there's a bunch of stuff I'm probably not remembering. Stuff is clicking. But man, is it like a blast to see some of the stuff from like the previous games, different characters coming through um it, there's a lot of uh, humor in it because it's obviously a 90s jrpg like See, i just went to, oh go on this sounds a lot like what i hear when i hear people talk about uh dragon quest oh yeah no like for sure dude dragon quest is one of those games it's i would imagine very similar just based on obviously the era in which it came out and uh a lot of the gameplay uh mechanics and such as well as you know the overall like storyline and, and how it's composed it's just it's great quality stuff. Dude, I'm, I have to tell you this one. I laugh so hard. So I go into a city. I forget the name. I think it was like Para something. I, I remember, but it's next to Testa in this part of uh, the continent I'm in. And you go in and uh, a transvestite comes out of nowhere or a crossdresser or something comes out of nowhere and like comes up and says, hey, let me introduce you to the city. And so you're standing there and they like turn around, they put their arm around you and you just see like your character like, nudges over a little bit and then the the crossdresser nudges over a little bit and they just keep doing it for a while and then after he goes like all right well uh how about um i let you be and you can uh, look me up and down and i'll catch you later and he giggles and runs away and the main character's like i he shudders like you see the character like move up and down he's like i need to go wash up now yeah and i was like this is so 90s like 100 yeah, it, yeah there's definitely a lot of stuff in older games that's definitely not like I mean, people were wondering how they were going to handle certain scenes from Final Fantasy VII in the remake. I haven't gotten to that point yet, but 
it's supposed to be handled pretty well. Like there's a lot of that kind of 90s stuff that when you look at it now, you can't just kind of help but like shake your head and be like, yep, that was the 90s. Yeah, I, I laugh so hard. And uh, later on, that same character comes up because uh, you have a mission that you have to complete in that town. And you're trying to basically recruit people to go into a shop. And so you go up to that same individual and uh, they they literally like it says in there. I, I took a screenshot and post, posted on her Facebook and her Instagram and such. And he basically goes, uh, sir, uh, uh, ma'am, um, you know, if you're interested in buying something from the store over there, I'm like, huh. That reminds me of GameStop. So I, I had to totally post it up. But oh, it's yeah. just really funny. Yeah, it's just really funny to see some of the humor back then. And, you know, it kind of brings you back to a time where, like, people just weren't really butthurt over everything, I guess. And you could have a good laugh over things like that. Um, you know, and there's just tons of stuff in there that is raunchy and, and funny and, uh, you know, alcohol references and sex references and everything else you could think of that really made games like this back then so i'm enjoying it dude i'm loving it uh and then the last thing i'm doing right now is i'm playing neverwinter night still we're on chapter three we're progressing really well we just killed a couple captains in the city of luskin uh that were trying to basically utilize necromancers to uh destroy the city and uh and really just kind of take over everything so that's where we're at right now we played a little last night a little dungeon crawling with that and I think we're officially lost. We got to probably boot up a um, a game guide here to see where we got to go next because we're a little confused on what's happening. So Big game, easy to get lost. Oh, dude, for sure, man. I don't know how many hours we have in it. I really need to see how long it takes to beat this thing. So uh, anybody out there, check out howlongtobeat.com. Uh, no, it's not a, uh, a naughty website. Uh, it'll at least show you how long to beat certain games. So... <laughs> uh all right dude do you want to get into the uh the articles here yeah so coming up in the news this week we've got rumor ps5 ps store interface allows you to browse and test games instantly this is by michael heridence at psu.com i i think this is a great idea i mean i've really seen kind of a resurgence in the demo scene in the last few years like i feel like I mean, I think they had like a nine hour demo for Dragon Quest 11 that just came out a little while ago. Um, there was a, a really long demo that I played some of for Valkyria Chronicles that came out on the Switch. Uh, it was four hours. The, yeah, the FF Semo, or FF7 remake demo <laughs> was, uh, I played that a bunch of times that was under an hour i mean if they can give you like 20 to 40 minutes and just like just pick a chunk of the game that highlights whatever you feel needs to be highlighted like you don't even have to like craft something like the ff7 remake demo was basically the same just with some cutscenes taken out like there's definitely more in the actual game than what you got in the demo but i mean if they're thinking about buying it, you don't even have to cut anything. Like, just grab a chunk once you upload it to the store and then let people, you know, play and decide if they want it right then and there. I mean, I don't know if that's going to be better for sales or worse for sales because, you know, some games people are going to try 
and they're not going to like it. And they're not going to want to buy it. I mean, that's kind of what I did with um, X. Uh, what is it? Damon X Machina. Like, I thought that that was going to be a game that I was going to be super into. I mean, it was my whole inspiration for playing Zone of the Enders last year. And it was just kind of a dud for me once I got it in Gamefly. So it's like if I had and that had a demo and I liked the demo of that. So, you know, demos can also be misleading. So either way, I think it's going to be better for consumers if that is the case. And I think it would just be really cool in general. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Uh, You know, honestly, I like the idea of doing a demo that say the first, say two, three hours of the game's like actual gameplay, like from the start of a game up to two to three hours in, because as a gamer at that point, you know, okay, I'm really liking this. I'm going to make a purchase and I'm going to buy the complete thing. And with everything that they said about the power of the PS5, and you could do this in the Switch demos, uh, at least for Valkyria Chronicles, and I think for the Dragon Quest, like, once you played that point in the demo and you've gotten to the end, it's just like, do you want to buy the rest and keep playing? Yeah, exactly. Like that right there, you know, I think helps out in, you know, selling to impulse buyers like myself uh, who may want to pick it up. Uh, it also helps just kind of, you know, give a gamer the overall idea. Like, do I really like this game? And if I've taken two hours of my time, maybe three, and I've truly enjoyed the game. And now I'm like, well, what happens next? Like if you end it, on a key point that it's like, whoa, whoa, what's going on now? Like, why did it just stop? Well, now you got to go out and buy that game. So I really do think this is a great opportunity for them to, you know, not only enhance sales, but from a user perspective, it helps us not buy crap games. Like, can you imagine if they had a two or three hour demo for Anthem? John, like, huh? I think that, I think they're trying to steal our bit. This is the inflation deflation challenge. That's what they're talking it about. Is. Oh, Sony, Sony, Sony. I'm so disappointed. We didn't come so up with the idea of demos, but we definitely came up with the idea of, you know, playing it for a little bit and deciding if it's worth the price or not. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to issue a cease and desist to Sony. Unfortunately, we'll uh, let you know what for the people we'll let them have this because it's a good idea. It is a good idea. So we'll, we'll let them have this one. But dude, yeah, I, I really do like this idea. Um, you know, we do it all the time on a week to week basis, few, you know, 30 minutes to an hour playing a game. And we can really determine at that point, you know, like I said, or like you said, is it worth it? Is it not worth it? Do I want to continue taking the time to play this game? And you can make an informed decision in that type of time frame. And that's why, you know, when we do this, it, we actually can put in a valued opinion because if you, if you can play a game for 30 minutes to an hour and make a $60 decision on a brand new title, you can play a game for 30 minutes to an hour, hour and a half and say, yeah, is this worth the money that it's going for right now or not? So I think that's just kind of Sony really just kind of enhanced our inflation deflation challenge to show that we really do know what we're doing here. <laughs> uh, so dude, uh, speaking of cease and desist, um, you know, and legal issues, Sony, uh, I don't know if you know this, but Sony identified The Last of Us 2 leaker. So if uh, unless you've been living under a rock, uh, Last of Us 2, every single cutscene in the game was released online and spoiled for everyone. Like, it's crazy, and I'm, I'm pissed off about it. Uh, in fact, I've been on a few forums where people just troll and they'll literally put a piece of like key information in the game, like, oh, so-and-so's dead in the game. Like, what? Like, I don't even know who that character is, but 
now I know they're dead, so when I'm playing, it's going to suck. Well, in uh, Dalton Cooper's article at Game Rant, he talks about uh, the recent Assassin's Creed Valhalla release uh, trailer. Like, when that happened, people were dumping all kinds of spoiler stuff in that as well. Oh, yeah, I mean, lots of people were probably impacted by this a lot. I mean, we were talking about spoilers just at the top of this episode. And, uh, you know, I really spoilers are not a big deal for me for the most part, especially in like interactive media, like a video game, like a video game has to stand up on its own kind of in spite of its story. Like you can still have like a good game with a mess story, even if that story has good twists and turns like that only adds to it, but it has to be fun as a game. So game spoilers are not super big for me i mean even like movie spoilers like i tend to try to avoid those more but you know that's because it relies so much on what you know going into it like you know those movies that show all the good parts in the trailers and then the rest of the movie just isn't very good like that happens a lot more with like those type of passive media but this is a game that kind of blurs the line like the cinematic nature and like the fact that everybody loved the story like i don't know that anybody really ever acclaimed the last of us to be like the best third person shooter of all time like i know it's got pretty good stealth systems in it and you have to play like to survive like you can't be this super aggressive just kill everything like in other games so it's It's a lot. It's a lot for a game like this to have this done to it. Like other games would have really, you know, you could have let out the spoilers for Final Fantasy VII and, you know, people would be like, what? But everyone would still play it. Well, yeah. And I mean, Final Fantasy VII, though, has been there for years. Now, I'm sure there are things in a game that, you know, are a little... Do you not know the spoilers for Final Fantasy VII Remake? No, and I I don't care to know at this point, just because I know there's added content that wasn't in the original series. Now, the general gist of things, so spoiler if you don't know this, but, you know, if Eris dying, for example, like that's a key piece of information in the game that, you know, has been around for decades. I mean, we're talking literally like 20 plus years that this game has. it's, It's Luke, I am your father by this point. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. It's not too big a deal for something like that. Now, Last of Us 2 is a game that I've been hyped for since it ended, like the first one. I've been wanting a Last of Us 2 for years. And so, of course, it comes out and like some people are just upset, like, oh, well, the story's not cool and everything. Like, it's just not a good story. Like Naughty Dog destroyed everything. They're making it a political agenda, like all these other things that, you know, people are complaining about. It's like, well, okay, you're not going to like the game big whoop don't ruin it for those of us that want to play it so like spoilers really do piss me off at times especially something like this like this is a huge game that really does rely on the hype the cinematic aspects of it and the storyline um you know because of how everything ended on the first game so yeah man it, it really sucks for something like this to have been spoiled the last thing i want is like you know an uncharted 5 to be announced and that gets spoiled too like that would just suck Right. So, well, uh, we'll see what kind of hammer Sony can bring down on these guys. 
Yeah, exactly. I think they, they did will. say and, that oh. it was nobody from Sony or Naughty Dog. It was an outside source that did it. So yeah, that's exactly. good news. I mean, it's it, it, they talk about how it's it's tough to keep big secrets and you know you compartmentalize and you only have like people on a need to know basis to try to avoid this type of thing happening and um i mean the last major leak that i remember was like all of the stuff from uh smash bros the last smash bros like that had leaks out ahead of time and like we were like hmm what's how is this going to affect moving forward you know how they protect their ip and stuff from that happening and you know unfortunately there's just people out there that can and will do this well and some of those leaks sometimes can be internal right so smash for example if you're leaking you know uh say k rule being in it right at that point in time well you might leak that yourself so that way it can get some hype going on and everything of talking about smash this is just an external source being yeah. like, well, some, something pissed me off. So I'm going to go ahead and release every single bit of it. So, yeah, I hope they definitely drop the hammer on whoever the hell the leaker was, because that's a lot of potential revenue loss. So they can probably go ahead and like tie in, you know, anticipated sales based on pre-orders and cancellations and, you know, determine based off that from a, a revenue standpoint. Um, but yeah, so this game actually was uh, indefinitely, held for the longest time here well not longest time but about a month and sony just came out and said we're releasing it june 19th so i think some of that's more reactionary to you know try and save some sales that they may have missed out on if they would have held off all right so, well yeah. we're speaking gonna, of we're gonna tie leaks. this in real quick yeah i hope that they don't talk about this when they talk about this next thing because man i've seen so many times where like you know you hold a press conference and i'm not sure that this is going to be like a full press conference but we'll see what it's going to be uh ps5 to reveal event date just got leaked as sony prepares to take on xbox this is by matt evans at t3.com and uh we got a date june 9th yeah so, so they're gonna finally no, 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 reveal june, june june 4th i'm sorry june 4th, june, 4th. june 19th was the last of us that's what i'm saying it's like don't show any last of us stuff two weeks before it comes out at this make it all ps5 please yeah exactly and uh so yeah that's been released there's nothing super big on that now i do want to say i think it was our t3 article here that we had um i ended up clicking another thing at the end of the article it said best ps5 games uh every confirmed and rumored so you haven't seen this one dude but I just want to go through a quick list of some of the really cool ones coming out. Uh, so you've got Gothic, which is an action RPG that's supposed to be remade pretty soon. Uh, you've got a really cool game called Art Ri or, um, Outriders. It's uh, got a trailer out. The Harry Potter RPG is expected to come out on the PS5. And I'll just go through a couple others here. Uh, Silent Hill 5 and Silent or slash Silent Hills is another option. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 6 talking about that potentially coming out ratchet and clank uh potentially seeing a, a new installment to that franchise and then of course horizon zero dawn uh number two is expected to make an appearance uh on the ps6 or ps5 sorry I'm way ahead of myself on ps6 but the one thing that does uh interest me the most by the way dude is the idea of a lord of the rings golem game coming out on ps5 oh yeah i, I remember think... hearing about that a while ago 
yeah like i i saw that i'm like super stoked just for that alone man like that looks sick uh just the the images and the and the thought process of you know Gollum like being the main key focal point of you know an upcoming game so yeah uh there's a lot of a uh, lot of cool titles that they're rumoring and uh things that have already been um confirmed for the PS5 so i'm going to link this one as well uh, it actually is on our Twitter. I, I went ahead and threw that up a little bit ago. So, um, yeah, d- definitely check that out. Yeah, I'm just excited to finally see what it all looks like laid bare and they're not hiding anything else from us anymore. I mean, we'll definitely start to see more game stuff. I mean, they talk at the end of the article um, a little bit, you know, Godfall was one of the ones you didn't mention. And that game. Yeah, that's actually on the cool. list. Yeah, that one's on the list, too. There's a ton on here, man. Uh, there really is. Um, like a new Batman game. Gran Turismo's on here. GTA 6. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if yeah, they're going to talk about games or just the system itself. I mean, at this point, since they've already, you know, talked about the specs, I mean, unless they unless they want to make another super boring presentation, that's the biggest problem is all their presentations so far have been super lame. And we haven't gotten that sweet reveal moment like it's kind of been this eh eh a little bit little bit and i'm tired of that i can't wait to see it all and hopefully we don't have like i just don't want to talk about anymore if we can avoid talking about it until it actually comes out that'd be great you know we're not going to next week another ps5 article coming to you every week every week no information no information but i can tell you what we do have an inflation deflation challenge so this week super mario bros 2 uh developed by nintendo ead i didn't know that was a developer for nintendo uh published by nintendo uh ryan who's a designer because i can't pronounce it kensuke tanabe thank you uh released in october of 1988 so for all of you folks out there this game's older than me uh and it is a platformer of course and reception i'm shocked but somebody had to get paid i guess eight to eight and a half is uh the out of 10 score review that we have here so ryan take it away on our first bit here on the inflation deflation so everybody knows that this is formerly known as doki doki panic released in japan and uh it wasn't here they skipped over japan's uh super mario 2 which we later got as the lost levels because they thought it was too hard for us americans to play so we got this instead it's a totally weird not the same as the other mario games you get to pick from luigi mario toad and peach they all play a little bit differently they all have a little bit different jumps and stuff like that it's uh much more vertical than the previous mario titles and i mean at least for me, I've definitely played this a bunch of times growing up. Like anytime uh, I was at somebody's house that had like the all stars, you know, and we would go through those and we would play this. I've never beaten this game because I've never beaten most games. Um, it took me a while to kind of get used to the controls. I was playing it on the Switch because as part of Switch Online, you get access to this through their NES game selection, which I think is a pretty good way to play. I mean, I kind of wish that I had a D-pad, like on a Switch Lite. I'm hoping that, you know, maybe they come out with some Joy-Cons that have a D-pad on them or something. And my right Joy-Con is suffering from crazy problems right now. So I'm going to have to send that in, maybe get a Pro Controller or something. 
but uh it took me a while to get used to the controls it's weird because you can use three buttons even though it's a two button game like i kind of wish that i had played this on my game boy micro instead um but i do like that i was able to cheat super hard because you have a rewind function that you can use on the switch to just make sure you never really get hurt and you never really die and you just keep playing so that's what i did and uh, i think that it's it's a fun game it's not a bad game it's definitely not the best mario game well unlike ryan i played uh via emulator because i was just way too lazy to hook up my nintendo and get it all booted up on there so yeah i didn't use any save states so i will mention that and i agree with you man i i was playing on a super nintendo controller so it was a little more odd for me uh to be honest uh, which kind of gave me flashbacks to playing it on All Stars years ago, uh, but yeah, I agree with you, man. That a jump button on the controller that I was playing was just odd. Like I died several times because I hit the wrong button to jump, uh, and actually, all four of my buttons acted as a jump button, which was funny enough. Yeah, so, once I got used to the controls, like I was having like a fine enough time getting through it. But I do wish that I had played it on a more limited control. Like, I don't like having extra buttons that don't do anything. And I also don't like using the joystick to move around. And it just feels more natural to use the joystick than the buttons on the left Joy-Con. Yeah, I definitely could not play this game with a joystick. Um, I would prefer to use um, a Dude, I was slipping it, so. off of every ladder. Oh, yeah, no, it wouldn't surprise me. Like, I was slipping off ladders on a D-pad, so... Uh, yeah, dude, uh, this game I played years ago um, when I was a kid, and I've played it on and off ever since then. It's not a game that I've actually ever beat, only because I'm just not a huge fan of it. Uh, you know, it's just really kind of where I stand with it. It's not my favorite Mario. Uh, it's definitely got some interesting elements, but it's just not that great. And so I would never rate it above a six for sure, uh, despite how many people are going to you know yell at me for that one. So... You know, overall, though, uh, the colors in this game are great. You know, the the gameplay is not bad at all um, in terms of, you know, being able to jump to different enemies and pick things up. And like, it's got its own flair, right? I would almost say that I would rather have seen Doki Doki Panic come here as an import and just see Lost Levels as Mario 2. Like, I think Doki Doki Panic could have just held on its own out here and not had any any issues. But when you tie in Mario, it's just weird, man. It's just not, it's not as fun. It doesn't have that same feel to it. So for that reason alone, um, you know, that would probably be one of the biggest issues for me. Mm. Uh, but yeah, dude, so the emulator component of it, it was pretty fluid for me. I didn't have any major issues. So kudos to whoever uploaded that bad boy years ago. And yeah, I mean, I, I had a lot of fun. It was fun, you know, basically being able to play it with you is really what it came down to. Like having Room the chance of like, social distancing safe social distancing yes and just being able to just kind of commentate with each other like oh i'm on such and such oh yeah hey if you throw this bomb here this is what it does so that was pretty cool i i definitely i think this is the second game that we've done like this and i've enjoyed doing that it's been a lot of fun so uh i guess uh what do you like to say brass tax on this the brass tax so the complete tax. inbox we've got 46.99 uh, that's down from its peak of 5430 back in May of 2019, but it's climbing fast. Like it looks like it's going pretty well up. Uh, similar on the other side, we've got the loose price 1850 that 
peaked back at 2091 back in December 2014. It's shooting up right now, too. So, you know, it could be this, uh, you know, everybody's staying inside playing games. You were talking earlier about how it seems like retro prices are climbing, and this is uh, reflecting that accurately. Now, the most expensive version is the NES Complete Inbox, and the cheapest version, I would say, is the PAL NES Super Mario All-Stars Pack at $14.75. That's loose. But I did just look up the original Yume Kojo Doki Doki Panic for Famicom, loose $9.99, complete inbox $72.99. So that actually tips the scale at either end. But with so many ways to play this game, uh, it's it's kind of all over the place. You can kind of pay around whatever price point you want for whatever different version of this you might like so there's lots of options out there and i'd say that they all kind of have their own place like if you've got to have it complete in box for nes i mean 50 bucks is a lot but it is a mario game uh it it's not necessarily to have complete in box a lot of people don't have nes complete in box so 1850 that seems pretty fair considering like the other ways to play would be a 20 dollars year subscription to uh nintendo switch online or you know a little bit cheaper if you want to get an import version of either the pal or the famicom uh so for you man uh 1850 uh, what are you thinking in terms of overall thoughts? You know, inflated, deflated, just I mean, right? it's been higher in the past and it's climbing right now. So I'd say that 1850 is a fair price, especially if you're going to see that rise. Yeah, for, for me, I'm going to go ahead and say that this is probably uh, inflated a bit. You know, I wouldn't pay more than 15 bucks for a copy of Mario 2. It's a mass produced game. Uh, it's not a very good game on top of that. And, uh, you know, you can play it in, in multiple ways. You can play it, you know, via emulator if you wanted to. Not saying that's the way to go, but, you know, the All-Stars pack. Well, we're talking, yeah, All-Stars we're talking for World. a collector. Yeah, is yeah it... for exactly. It, it's, it's not. I mean, look, you got Super Mario All-Stars, Super Mario All-Stars World, and then you have Mario, Super Mario uh, Bros. 2 on the NES. That's three options right there within the same like 10 year span of gameplay that you can buy this thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, the retro prices are climbing right now, but it begs the question of everybody's spending a ton of money right now on these retro games. What are they going to like? It's I not going to stay been, like this. It's been at one week since you just under $20 for the last five years. I, I still think it's inflated, dude. Okay. I, I don't I don't think that that is a good price point for this game, given how many were out there. And, you know, I'll, I'll just I'll stand by that point. It's just not that great of a game. There's ways to get this cheaper. Uh, you know, I, I just sold last year copies of Super Mario All-Stars for like less than 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Like just last year, that was the going rate for a lot of these games. So I think right now a lot of his pricing is hyped up. I think these prices are going to drop drastically uh as soon as this whole you know 
all these quarantine things and this retro craze goes away. People are locked up wanting to play games. They're paying absurd prices. I think Mario 2 is starting to see a bit of that. This thing's going to drop to like, I hope, 15 bucks here in the next, you know, several months. Mm -hmm. We'll see. But yeah, so uh, you're saying it is a, a good price point. You're saying deflated, right? Um, I'm going to say I'm just right. I think I think it's right, right where it needs to be right now. Just under 20 bucks. Yeah, I'm going to go and say it's inflated, dude. Just a, right. a little too much. Well, we've got but, a disagreement this week. A disagreement. Uh, so, dude, I was while you were um, while you were chatting about prices here, I was looking up our next game for next week. What I'm you got? thinking super R type super R type. Yeah, it's a side scrolling shooter. Okay. On the super. Nintendo. Yeah, I I'd try that. Yeah, that's a good one. So I think uh, we'll both enjoy that one a lot. And then, of course, we could see what our high scores are afterwards and compare. OK, sounds good. Yeah. So that'd be, that'd be a pretty good uh, entry into an episode. All right, man. Any final thoughts here other than telling people to catch us on Podcast Addict, Spotify, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and every other place that you can find Game Deflators? Yeah. Uh, leave us comments. Uh, leave us a review if you really want to. We know that most people don't, but you'd be like a super awesome person if you did. You really would be an awesome person. And six star reviews would be the best, but you know, understandably we'll if your computer five. is not yeah, if your computer can't handle the extra star on there, like we understand bandwidth issues right now on the internet, five is fine. Totally understandable. <laughs> so all right. Well, uh, this has been episode seventy eight of the Game Deflators Podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening. <laughs>